RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. It's Shabam, sponsored in part by Google. So, where did we leave off? Last episode, the power went out. Whoa, the whole block is out now. And Nadine, Elliot, and Owen are spending the night in the dark. (sighs) Nothing. Do you have a flashlight that actually works? That works. It just needs batteries. Really? Where does mom keep the batteries? We should try the basement. There might be candles down there too. And maybe some glow sticks. I think we used all of the glow sticks. For what? Uh... Whoa! Elliot! Were you doing the glow stick dance again? Shut up, Owen! Okay, let that one go for now. We can use our phones as lights, so let's keep looking in the kitchen. Yeah. We'll look in the basement tomorrow morning, uh, assuming the power isn't back on. Light at night is a luxury that we, and I'll say it together, totally take for granted. Because nowadays it's normal to be doing stuff when it's dark outside, like studying or going shopping or being at the club. Or just sitting at home with the lights on. Mel grew up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Did you guys have lights at night, Mel? I grew up in a tiny little place called Tullybuck, Australia. My parents used night vision goggles to read us bedtime stories. Did you have light at night? Uh, Yes, I did. Even though it was the 1960s and it was Australia, there was electricity. But it was all inside the house. If you walked outside the house, there were no streetlights. It was pitch black. And you could see the entire Milky Way. It was spectacular. Maybe spectacular, but the Milky Way doesn't really give us a lot of light. The lights that let us see stuff at night are brought to you by... Electricity. Electricity. And the way we get our electricity is through the largely underappreciated power grid. Hello there. Because when we turn things on in the kitchen, we don't only think about where the power is coming from. Nobody thinks about it. Okay, thank you. There are tons of things in our house that we turn on, like computers and TVs. But there's also plenty of things that use electricity in the background. And these are the very things we seem to forget about until the power goes out. Salami, yogurt, applesauce. Hmm. Elliot, close the door. You're going to let all the cold out. Actually... Or letting the heat in. A machine that keeps things cold is fantastic. Right now is a wonderful time to buy a two-in-one refrigerator food fridge. Because it means you don't have to buy food every day. This holds 70 pounds of frozen food. And you don't need to worry about keeping big blocks of ice in your house. Or getting ice delivered by rail car from the north. Which is what you had to do before fridges. If you didn't have a fridge, you just had to eat the food before it went bad. We didn't have all this storage space in the door. Without getting into the details of how a fridge works. Come on, that's the best part. The key component of the fridge is the compressor, which pumps fluid around the pipes in your fridge. And it can do this because inside it's got a little piston thingy connected to another thingy that turns. You mean a motor? Yes! And to find out why the motor was crucial to electrifying our world, we have to go back in time to the 1870s. It's the 1870s. Beards are in. And for women, it's corsets if you could afford them. And of course, long poofy dresses. Surgeons operated with their bare hands without sterilizing their equipment. Electricity, well, it was pretty new. It was only being used in a few places for outdoor lighting at night. And not street lamps, but really bright spotlights that were put on the top of towers so that you could light up entire neighborhoods from above. If you wanted to get into the electricity business, this was the right time because there were lots of places to sell your goods to. There were two particular inventors and businessmen with very different ideas on how to sell electricity. 
Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse. Since the only electrical lights that existed were huge outdoor spotlights that used tons of electricity, Edison's idea was to create smaller lights that would be used inside your house. Westinghouse, however, was thinking bigger. Westinghouse, from the get-go, was very clear that it was going to be some combination of electricity for both light and power. That's Bernie Carlson, professor of engineering history at the University of Virginia. Most power stations only operated at night when there was demand for electric lighting. The idea that you would run the power station all day, every day, was only something you're going to do once you had demand for it. Westinghouse wanted there to be demand for power during the day as well, so he could make more money. So what was going to use that power? Well, if you're going to use lots and lots of power by day, you need a motor. And you need a motor that you can put into elevators or to run machines in a factory or run streetcars. Factories are key because they make stuff. Now you can do things like drill holes, turn lathes, pump pistons without relying on steam. Because with steam, you need coal, water, and a big boiler. But with motors, you just need, well, electricity. And since then, electrical factory machines with motors have been churning out the parts that go into virtually everything around us. And they built everything from refrigerators, from microwave ovens, air to freezers, furnaces and stoves. Exactly. And these things. Did you just go to the toy store and press like all the buttons that you could find? Yes, because of electricity. And because they're all made in factories. Toys, clothes, electronics, furniture, it's all made in factories that use electricity. It's pretty difficult to find anything in your life that exists without electricity. Kittens! Actually, pet stores get cats from cat breeders who use computers and electric lights, and if you bought a cat from a pet store, it's probably spayed or neutered, which is surgery requiring electric medical Anyway, lights. electricity is part of our infrastructure. Take hospitals, for instance. The machines that we use to scan you to find out what's wrong with you, they use electricity. The machines that we use to monitor your vital signs to keep you alive, they use electricity. The lights, the air conditioning, Everything requires electricity. Also, in the case of an epidemic, say, like the Knox virus outbreak, hospitals use pressurized fans in special airtight isolation rooms to keep the pathogens in. So, if the power grid that gives power to hospitals suddenly goes down, a lot of people are suddenly at risk, which is why hospitals usually have backup generators to keep the lights on and equipment running. Usually, these generators run on diesel fuel that's stored in tanks. But let's say, somebody forgot to fill those tanks with diesel. Like in the case of the 1994 earthquake at a particular hospital I was working at, and when they went to turn on the generators, no fuel, no go, no electricity. So what actually happened? Did, did You just didn't have any electricity? We pulled the cars into the parking lot, put them in a circle and turned on the lights and brought patients that were sick out into that circle where we could see them did resuscitations and then called for ambulances to take people away. Oh my God, and the rest, what about the patients in the rest of the hospital? They were alive, they were brought out and started to transfer to other hospitals. Oh my God. And the NICU has this little towel thing with pockets and the nurses come down and they've got babies in these pockets and they can run down <laughs> with like six babies on them. In pockets. In baby pockets. That's amazing. See, this is the thing, you never think about the power grid until it goes down and you're out of electricity. Nobody thinks about uh, Yeah, okay, we know. All right, everyone stay calm. I need some help in room As it happens, in back in our Knox virus world, the head of St. Barth Hospital in Los Angeles has discovered that they have the very same problem. Wait, 
all the tanks are empty? So now without backup power, the hospital is dark and getting hot without the air conditioners running. Every single patient, if they were in this situation, people in quarantine and isolation are probably going to try and get outside, no matter what. You know, it looks like chaos down there. There's uh, multiple crowds of people streaming out of the hospital. But that hospital is miles away from our kids, who are safe at home, asleep in the living room. Which means this is a perfect opportunity to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about how electricity is not just in the power grid. When do I get a chance to talk? Now we're going to play a short excerpt from the new zombie musical, Zombie and Me. I'm infected. He's infected. It's so good. I'm infected. He's infected. I got bit on my shoulder and it would not go away. It's not Hamilton, but you know, you should go see it if you have a chance. It's great costumes. I'm infected. Anyway, we're back. Uh, okay. All right, so before the break, we talked about how the power grid gives us electricity to run the world we live in. And since the kids are still sleeping, this is a great time to talk about what electricity actually is and how it's not just in the power grid. Oh, man, I was going to say something. Thanks to Ben Franklin, who threw some keys into a thunderstorm 250 years ago, we know that electricity exists in nature, like in the form of lightning. He also came up with a way of describing electricity that we still use today. What is electricity exactly? Okay, so you're familiar with the concept of charged particles? Okay, I'll take that as a no. Well, let's start off with the parts of an atom. Inside the atom, you've got protons and neutrons. That's the nucleus. And buzzing around on the outside are electrons. These are particles. Neutrons are neutral, so forget about them. Protons are positively charged, and electrons are negatively charged. And they hang out together and form an atom. And the reason they do this is because negatively charged particles are attracted to positively charged particles and vice versa. It's these charges that are key to electricity. Now imagine a room where one wall is positively charged and the opposite wall is negatively charged. Now imagine putting one of these charged particles into this room. If the particle is negatively charged, it's going to be pulled towards the positive wall. If it's a positive particle, the negative wall is gonna suck it in. Oh my God, what is electricity? Electricity is the movement of charge. In between the walls of this room is what we call an electric field. Wherever there's an electric field will be electricity because this field forces the movement of charges. Once you drop a charge in there, it moves and you've got electricity. You can also think of these fields as big slopes. If you try and put a ball on a slope, it will roll down. This happens because the Earth's gravitational field pulls things down. The electrical field that pulls on charges does the same thing. And just like the world is full of slopes that things can roll down, like hills and toboggan runs, the world is full of electric fields that charges can move through. And because atoms that make up the world are constantly mixing and losing electrons, borrowing electrons, there are all these charges moving around all the time. So you could say that the world is full of electricity. You can find electricity in all kinds of places. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Joe is commonly called an electric eel. Electric eels are a special case because they have special cells that can produce a lot of electricity, which they use to shock prey, or stupid people who pick them up. Hey, little buddies, a slippery little <laughs> Actually, a lot of organisms use electricity. Remember the brain from episode one? We're connected! <laughs> Your brain pilots your nervous system, which is really just a complex network of electrical signals moving messages back and forth. 
and all this electrical signaling is continuous, even when you're asleep. Hey, can I hang out at your place until my dad gets off work? Even though Elliot is sleeping, his brain is really active with all of its electricity, doing things like dreaming. Were you doing the glow stick dance? Shut up. And sorting through all the events of the day. And telling him when to wake up. every morning huh what do, what do you mean? mean these electrical impulses are also what enables your brain to do all kinds of things at once like breathing and thinking about what to say next in a conversation never mind oh, still no signal i take it yeah the power's still out and my phone is almost dead this is really bad the good news is there's still pizza left those electrical impulses are also why you taste pizza feel pain and recognize sarcasm. Yeah, right. It's all with electricity. In fact, measuring electrical activity in the brain is one way we can tell if you're actually alive. So your body is a complex coordinated organic machine that has its own electrical system, and it creates this electricity through the movement of charges. Sound familiar? Yeah, that sounds like me, the underappreciated. Uh, all right, okay, come on, enough. Compared to the electricity that runs the world we live in, the electricity in your nervous system that keeps you alive is way weaker. That's why it can be easily disrupted by larger amounts of electricity, like from the power grid, or a taser, or the power of Zeus. So the world is full of electricity. It runs everything around us, and it's even inside us. But there's another important electrical device that changed the industrialized world forever. And that also got invented in the 1800s. As we mentioned earlier, by the 1800s, all sorts of engineers and inventors around the world were messing with electricity, trying to harness these charges to do stuff like turn motors and make light. And around the same time, various people had discovered that if you have the right kinds of metals and you put them together, electrons will flow from one metal to the other. So, if you separate the metals in a special way, you can get these electrons to sit in one metal waiting to move into the other and the modern battery was born. Here's what I got, slim pickings. Batteries are a way of bringing power around with you when you don't have access to the grid. And that's exactly what Nadine and the boys have been scrounging around the house looking for all day. Okay, here's what I got. A car battery? Well, we only found two glow sticks, Elliot. (laughs) Shut up. You guys don't have candles and we only have one flashlight. Figure we might as well think big. Meaning what exactly? Meaning I'm not sitting around in the dark all night again. Owen, do you guys have any Christmas lights? Yes. You can't run Christmas lights with a car battery. Can you? No, you can't. Yes, we're surrounded by things that use electricity, but that doesn't mean that you can just plug one thing into the other. In fact, right now, the power grid and the stuff that uses the power grid is a bit of a mess. Uh, what do you mean I'm a We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll find out why it's a mess and why we don't notice that it's a mess. I've got an idea. What is it? Let's use a taser. Another great part of the musical is when they use a taser to escape the metro tunnel. Oh, the undead will get a shot. Anyway, it's, it's not Hamilton. <laughs> 
All right, so before the break, we talked about how electricity is the movement of charge and how there are charges moving around everywhere, even in our bodies. We also mentioned that the electricity in the power grid is a bit of a mess. Oh, come on. To understand why it's a mess, first we have to understand how electricity works. So here's electricity in its simplest terms. Think of a pipe with water flowing through it. The charges that move through a wire are like water molecules moving through a pipe. You can have water that's under high pressure or low pressure. You can have a lot or a little. Electricity is described in similar ways. The voltage describes how much energy these charges have. Think of it like water pressure. And the amperage describes how many of these charges are flowing through a wire at once. Think of that like how far open you have the tap. So, low voltage and low amps means small amount of charges with low energy versus high voltage and high amps, which is a lot of charges with a lot of energy. So here's where it starts to get messy. The electricity supplied by the power grid and the electricity used by all the things that we run off the power grid are of all different amps and voltages. They just don't work together. If you give a motor that needs 20 amps of current only one amp, it'll just sit there because there aren't enough charges to make the motor turn. And if you give 700,000 volts to a device that can only use 12 volts, well, you'll blow it out because each charge carries way too much energy. Which is why you don't want to put your fingers into a wall socket. The amount of energy in your home's electrical system is way more than your organic electrical system can handle. It can actually kill you because the nerves that run your heart can get overloaded and they can stop the heart from beating. And just like our biological systems, if the amount of pressure or volts in the power grid isn't regulated, it can blow up the stuff that we plug into it. You may be asking, why not just have everything run on the same voltage? That would make things easier. Well, first of all, some things just need more energy than others. A power drill needs more energy than a wall clock. I mean, it's a drill, it's drilling. Look at all that stuff it's doing. Mm, I'm gonna drill through this board. Mm. Wall clock's just sitting there. What are you doing? Ooh, I made a beep. So, you need to be able to accommodate different voltages for different devices. Which brings us to this. Ever heard of ACDC? Of course I have. It's one of Australia's biggest bands from the 70s and 80s and even today, Josh. Who made that fantastic song? Thunderstruck. Exactly. This is not that song. No, but it's a cover of that song by an Australian punk rocker who plays a flaming bagpipe named the Bad Piper. What exactly does this have to do with electricity? Nothing. But ACDC does. There's two different ways that electrical charges can flow through wires. One. DC, or direct current, is when the charges flow in one direction. Two. Alternating current, or AC, is when the charges alternate directions many times a second. And the reason we have AC goes back to the need for different voltages. Only with alternating current can you easily manipulate the voltage. And that's key if you're distributing power with the power grid. Here's why. Your house gives you relatively low voltage. Power plants generate high voltage. Power plants are usually far away from your house, so you need miles and miles of wire to get from there to you. And to make the trip, the electricity in those wires needs to be at super high voltage. With AC, now you can easily transform high voltage to low voltage with something called a transformer. The no, they're basically coils of wire and they don't have a theme song. They're just coils of wire. All right, so it goes like this. The high voltage that gets generated at the power station gets stepped up to super high voltage for the power lines. 
and then at the end of the power lines, the voltage gets stepped down at your city. Remember from the last episode when the kids were watching the news about a helicopter crashing into the Alhambra substation? A substation is where the electricity from the super high voltage lines gets stepped down for distribution in your neighborhood. After that, it gets stepped down again. So now you get the low voltage at your home. And this is only possible with AC. So we're done, right? Let's just make everything AC. Well, unfortunately you can't. First of all, any device with electronic circuits in it has to run on DC. Now we're not gonna get into why exactly. Oh, come on! But it has to do with how electricity is used to create those digital signals we talked about in the last episode. And the second reason we use DC is that anything that uses a battery has to be DC. A battery works because charges flow from one side of the battery to the other in one direction, which is DC. That is kind of messy. And that's why we have all kinds of devices that change electricity around. Transformers change voltage, inverters and converters change AC to DC, and that's how power from the wall can be used to run a computer, or power from a battery can be used to run Christmas lights. You're going to build something that changes the battery power into wall power? Well, it could, but it'd take me a couple of hours. I need to go get my soldering iron. Why do we need to do that when Someone else already built what we need. Of course, the AC adapter for the car. Nerds. Nerds. They're saying adapter, but they actually mean inverter. Yeah, but everybody says adapter. You mean the little thing when you plug it into the cigarette lighter in your car, but nobody actually uses cigarette lighters in their cars anymore, so it's only used for electricity? That thing? Yes, yes, that's an inverter. That's an adapter. Oh. Yep, all we need to do is open up the adapter. Connect the battery to this part that usually goes in the cigarette lighter, and then plug in the lights. Brilliant. Uh, okay. Inverters, converters, transformers, or what people call adapters, are an essential part of our electric world because it's how we deal with this mess of different forms of electricity. Here we go. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Woo! It's like a planetarium party. Not to sound negative, but why not just plug in a lamp or something? Um, first of all, these look awesome. You're welcome. Second, the Christmas lights are LEDs, so they don't use as much power as the regular lamps. We'll have light for longer this way. And when the battery runs out? At that point, the power will probably be back on, and we won't need it. The reason why Nadine thinks that is because the US power grid system is actually pretty reliable. Oh, thank you. Even though parts of it are still really old. Oh, come on. We rely on the power grid because we have become dependent on electricity. And when we go off the grid, like when we go camping, we take the essential electric devices with us, like phones and flashlights, and we use batteries to keep them going until we're back on the grid. Very few people in the U.S. truly live off the grid. It's Mr. and Mrs. Dixon. It looks like they're going camping. Thank God you're okay. Say hello. We're fine. Gina! Uh, we haven't seen them in three days. They were downtown when the curfews went into effect. Grab your stuff. You guys are coming with us. They told us to stay here and wait for them. It's not safe here. No matter what. We assume they've been trying to get here, but... Haven't you been listening to the radio? Ugh, no. We're packing yeah. the car and leaving. Mom said we just stay here. We have room for you. Can we have a minute? Sure. I think we should go with them. We can't. I'm with Owen. We can't just keep eating fruit snacks and dried spaghetti. I think it's stupid to stay here. What if we leave and then mom and dad get here and they can't find us? We'll leave a note. Saying we went where? Good point. Thanks for the offer, but we think we're gonna stay here. Okay, stay inside and don't open the door to anyone you don't know. Sure. 
We'll find a way of contacting your parents once we're at the nearest safe zone. Here, take these boxes of cereal and a gallon of water. Try to ration it. Okay, we will. So the power grid is great when it's working. And usually when something breaks, it gets fixed. In our little world, the power won't be coming back online anytime soon because the epidemic is spreading fast and people have other things to worry about. Which means the kids spend another day on their own without power. But thanks to Nadine's contraption, they're not in the dark anymore. And the next night... The whole block is dark except for us. Really? We're the only ones with light. Hey, isn't that Mrs. Krasinski? There's a curfew. Why is she just standing in the street? Maybe she's drunk. I don't think she's drunk. Hey, Mrs. Krasinski. Uh, Owen? Does your phone work? Go back inside. Why? Nadine, turn off the Christmas lights and hand me the glow sticks. Okay. Listen, do not open this door for anyone until I come back. Wait, where are you going? Elliot! It's me. Open the door. Did you go to our house? You can't just leave Does your and landline work? What's going on? Stop, guys, stop. Whatever that was, it's not Mrs. Krasinski. What do you mean? I mean the snarling and biting. The real Mrs. Krasinski doesn't act like that, nor would she get distracted by glow sticks. And the lights need to go off now. We need help. The kids are learning quickly. The Christmas lights seem to be attracting zombies. So instead, they're using the battery power to plug in a radio. Come on! Broadcast radio doesn't use a cell phone network or the internet. Radio waves go directly from the station to the antenna on your radio. So if they have power to transmit and you have power to receive, you still get a signal. Remain calm and wait for further instructions from authorities. You need to call the police or something. You mean like with smoke signals? The call boxes. What? The emergency call boxes. There's one two blocks away at that transit lot. Yeah. Maybe they're still working. Fine, but we're going together. No more splitting up. In the morning. So the same holds true for CB radios that cops and truckers use. And a lot of the emergency call boxes that you see along highways and in parking lots work that way as well, completely bypassing the modern communication networks. So the next morning... There it is. They're answering. Hi, this is Owen Walker, and we can't get a hold of our parents. Okay, Owen, uh, first thing, you need to get inside. Uh, lock your doors. Don't let anyone in. Try and block our windows. Uh, help us on the way. What's your address? 8375, what? Hello? Hello? Don't let go of the button. I didn't. Great. They said help was coming soon. Yeah, but when is soon? Is that before or after our batteries run out? Well, then we'll just have to borrow more batteries. Like from Mrs. Krasinski? Wait. We don't need to borrow power. We can make it. What are you talking about? What's this phone connected to? A pole. Yeah, what's on top of the pole? Solar panels! So far, we've talked about getting power from the grid. And when that's down, using batteries instead. But eventually, batteries run out of juice. And it just so happens that the Earth is bathed in free energy every single day. Brought to you by the sun! It's free! Solar panels are pretty common these days. But there are other ways to harvest free energy. You might have noticed that we like going back in time to explain how things used to be. This time we're going to look to the future, specifically the future of creating electricity. Someday maybe you'll be able to charge your phone by just putting it in your pocket. That's Francisco Suarez. He works for a research group called Advanced Self-Powered Systems of Integrated Sensors and Technologies, or ASSIST. 
And just like solar panels harness the free energy of the sun, here at the University of North Carolina, the assist teams are working on harnessing other sources of free energy. Now, Francisco's not really working on a phone that you can charge in your pocket, because that's far off into the future. But he is part of a team that is working on devices you can put on your skin that use your body heat to make electricity. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, the devices are called uh, thermoelectric generators. Instead of creating an electrical field like a battery or generator does, the devices that the assist people are working on take advantage of tiny electrical fields that already exist and are just waiting to be used. Whenever you have a temperature difference uh, across a material, where, like one side is hot and one side is cold, whatever it may be, it may be a block of wood, it may be a metal, there will always be an associated voltage or a potential difference. So the voltage or potential difference is the electric field. And these devices sit on your skin, one side touching your skin, which is warm, and the other side exposed to the air, which is cool. And the thermal harvesters use this temperature difference to create an electric field that can now be used to run small medical devices. To think of a world where these devices like that can be completely self-powered, that's the part that's really exciting to me. How can we make these work indefinitely, you never have to charge it, and use your body as the battery? So with the right materials and the right electronics, you can actually steal power from yourself. But that's in the future. So if the grid's down and you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, you might have to steal a solar panel off of a call box. Dude, you need to work out. You want to climb up here and do it? I think someone's coming. Where? Over there behind that minivan. Elliot, pick up the pace. He's getting closer. Got it. Grab those wires and yank them out of the pole. We have to go now. <sighs> Elliot? But will the kids make it? Next time on Shabam. Shabam is produced by CC Herbert. They laughed, I cried, it was back and forth, it was amazing. Only fabulous, only fabulous. wonderful, what a great time. <laughs> Your hosts Mel Herbert, Josh Kurz, and Wendy Roderweiss also created the show. Brilliant musicians, fabulous singers, and the dancers I've not seen before. Recording engineer Mixmaster is Bill Connor. Our voice actors are Rose Sengenberger, Chase Zawalinski, Steve Santucci, Summer Austin, Art Kimbrough, and Dr. Jess Mason. Uh, we have an incredible cast. I think maybe the best cast we've ever had. Special thanks to Professor Bernie Carlson, Francisco Suarez and the assist team, and our science advisor, Professor Jonas Mareka, also featuring the musical stylings of Luke Pochask, Evil J, St. Cecilia, and Jimmy Metherill. Shabam is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Why does the taser work if they're already dead? It's a musical. It's a musical. You enjoy the music. This episode of Shabam is sponsored in part by the making and science team of Google. Uh-huh. And why is that? Because Google loves science. Hey, Shabamers. Here is another quick zombie tip. Don't waste power. Keep the fridge closed, gather all the batteries you can find, and crank that radio. Should we support this show, too? Yes. Okay. Remember, the best way to support the show is to send gold. That's right. Or go to patreon.com forward slash shabam, where you can get cool stuff and some exclusive audio updates. What about the iTunes thing? That's this part. Oh, that's coming up. Also, you can go to iTunes and Got do it. three simple things. I know this. We'll do it. Let me do it. Fine. You know what it is? Review. No, first subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. Review. Review. Like. Subscribe. Review. Like. Bing, bang, boom. Easy. And this is not YouTube. This is iTunes. Yes. Okay, but YouTube. And you should also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Got it. And you can get all that information from our website, shabamshow.com. Okay. Simple, right? I mean, yeah. Now that you put it at the end, I can just finish listening to this and go directly to the computer and start doing all those things. Without having to waste time and yeah, talk about a lot of other things. Yeah, super simple. Shabam, 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 shab
podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.